Three times I've sat down to write this sermon and three times the Lord said, do you trust me? And I said, yes, I trust you to speak. And he said, do you trust me? I said, do you trust me to speak? And so on and so on and so on. <clears throat> Let's see what he says. I'm listening as well, so that's fine. <clears throat> I think for a lot of us, there's a fight inside. There's bits of us that we desperately want to change. Yeah? No, so it would appear everybody here is perfect, apparently. Oh, no, no, they're all, they're all waving at me. That's good. Call that. I had a flashback there. 3H5 of 9.30 on a Wednesday morning. When you ask a question, they all went, huh? So there's stuff inside us we want to change, yes? Yeah. And actually there's stuff inside us we don't want to change. True? Yeah. And working out what he wants to change, it's okay if he wants to change it and we want to change it, that's fine. That can happen, please, thank you. If we're polite. But it's when he wants to change something we don't want to change. That's when, to use a phrase my dad used to use all the time, we have the screaming abdabs. And we kick and shout and spit and scratch and do anything to stop whatever's going to happen happening. Well, you're normal. We're all like that. Because actually, what feels good to our spirit often feels... Bleh. To our flesh, to, to that, you know, whoever's got that one, please, please just press, um, what's the word? Mute, that's the word. Because <laughs> it, uh, what was I saying? So I'll repeat it, see what I'm saying. What feels good to our spirit feels horrible to our flesh. And if we're operating in our flesh, which we do most of the time, if we're flipping honest, what is nice to our flesh is not what the spirit wants either the holy spirit or even our spirit wants and that's the battle that goes on inside us and i do what i don't want to do and i don't do what i do want to do and for goodness sake if paul found it a battle we're going to find it a battle you know, one of the greatest Christian minds, one of the greatest Christian missionaries, one of the greatest Christian advocates, one of the greatest opponents of Christianity, one of the greatest persecutors. Oh, hang on. He was all those things. He was, he was so amazing at being pro because he'd been so amazing at being anti. Do, do you get that? Because he was a persecutor, he knew he knew how to reach because he'd been on the other side of the fence. So for a lot of us, we've been brought up in Christian homes. I haven't, but for some of you, you have. And we know nothing different. And we can so easily rebel against that because we, well, it's my parents and I don't want it because it's my parents. Well, I'll, I'll do something different. My prayer for my kids is that they'll realize that the, what they've got is what they need <laughs> and what, it, what is it. And that battle in us, and it's the battle that I've talked about many times. I'm coming to a scripture in a minute. So if you've got Bibles at home or you've got a Bible here or your phone or whatever, you're going to need Deuteronomy, so I'll give you fair warning so you can find that. Five in from the beginning. Not five chapters, five books in from the beginning. Um, that battle is the battle that we're facing because we have become new creations in Christ. Hey, Johnny, I always get my leg pulled for singing old songs. So thank you for singing the songs that I would normally sing tonight. There were some songs, songs there were 30 years old. <laughs> you realise that? Most of them were from the 90s. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's great. 
we are new creations in Christ. Yet we don't know the half of it. We don't really get what that means. And I can feel some of you going, well, yeah, I get it. Well, do you know what? So do I. I get it. You get it. But we don't get it as much as it is. Because the more I get of what it means, the more I understand of what it means to be in Christ, the more I realize I don't know. The more I realize there is to have. And there's more. And there's always more. That's the nature of abundance, isn't it? Abundance just... People think abundance means a lot. It doesn't. It means more than you can imagine. That's what abundance is. Ephesians 3, that you may grasp how high, how wide, how deep, how long, arms going in the different directions to some of the words, but never mind, is the love of Christ. Paul prays that because he wants you to understand that you can't understand, really, because there's always more. And the more you understand, the more there is to understand. It's great. An unending supply of the great things of life. So when you've eaten that last bit of cheese, there's still more. Or the last bit of chocolate cake. Or the last, or whatever it is. Read that last amazing novel, there's still more. There's more, there's always more. And our life as Christians, becoming disciples, becoming sanctified, is walking into that fullness. Because as we walk into that fullness, so we walk into holiness. So do we walk into holiness to get the fullness, or do we walk into the fullness to get the holiness? You know the answer? Hmm? Because they come together. We, walk, we don't walk into it to earn it, because it's ours, it's a gift. We are holy in Christ. We have fullness in Christ. But we work out the salvation that's been worked into us. You've heard these phrases before. The justification has been worked in and the sanctification needs working out. Not working out, figuring out, but working out because it's already deposited in us. There you go. That's where I'm going. Right. It's already deposited in us. The fullness is already present. And what I'm going to talk about tonight is the storehouses of heaven. And I'm going to go through the passage, but this is the key. I've had that moment. It's okay. This is the key. Where are those storehouses? In us. Because the storehouses of heaven are the presence of God himself. The storehouses of heaven, everything we need to live this godly and holy life, are, is already, are already, looks at teacher, sorts out grammar at some point. It's probably both again, isn't it? It probably is and are. It's already there. But we've got to work it out. The passage we're going to look at is Deuteronomy 28. And the first word of verse 1, in whatever translation you look at, is a two-letter word. Anybody got it? If. If. And the really annoying thing about this two-letter word is that at the same time, it is both completely redundant and totally and utterly necessary. It's annoying when things like that happen, isn't it? Because on one perspective, it's completely redundant. We'll do that first. But the other perspective is that it's completely and utterly necessary. Did you see me put my glasses down? Put them in my pockets, all right? Don't panic. 
If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on the earth. All these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. Let's just take those first couple of verses. If you fully obey. The message says this. If you listen obediently to the voice of God, your God, and heartily obey all his commandments that I command you today, God, your God, will place you on high, high above all the nations of the world. All these blessings will come down on you and spread out because, beyond you because you have responded to the voice of God, your God. Hands up if you have fully obeyed the word of the Lord. I dare any of you to put your hand up. I, I'm not going to. Not a trick question this time. We can't fully obey. That's the point of the law. The law was to show us what we needed to obey to be right with God. And all the law did to show, was to show us where our sin was, to show us where we fell short. The law could not save us. But the law could show us that we needed saving. The law couldn't bring about the transformation, but could show us what needed to change. So why is that if redundant? Come on, the vicar's asking a question. The answer must be, that if is redundant because of Jesus. Jesus has made the if of the Old Testament completely redundant. If you fully obey. No, Jesus has fully obeyed. Therefore, it's all ours. Our righteousness, our identity, our fullness, our holiness is, big word, used it last week. Oh no, that was in the week. What was the Jesus ministry thing? Um, has been imputed to us. Technical theological word there. It's been imputed to us. It's been implanted. It's been given, but more than given, it's sort of been injected into us. It's been put deep inside us. Not because we deserve it, but it's been given to us as a gift. So if we fully obey, no, because Jesus has fully obeyed, therefore, all these things are true. The problem is, they might be true, but we don't live in them. I've said this many times before, I'll say it again. Has Jesus died for every single person on the planet? Yes? His sacrifice is enough for everybody on the planet. True. But there are millions and millions and millions of people who do not experience that. Therefore, for them, in their experience, it's not true, but it is true. It's not experienced truth, but it's head knowledge truth. Where for us, it's both. One doesn't replace the other. One fulfills the other. Or one fills the other one full. Jesus has changed the tense of these verses. No longer is it what's the word future but not nor is it an if phrase what's the word i'm looking for conditional thank you it's no longer conditional it's a done deal in christ all this stuff and we're going to go through it quickly is ours in christ it's changed the tense. It's changed our position. No longer are we lower and down. Because the first bit says, doesn't it? If you obey all the commands, the Lord your God will, future, set you high above all the nations on earth. But the, Paul tells us in the New Testament that we might be raised with Christ. Is that right? No, what does it say? We, not we will either, we have been. 
He puts it in the flipping past tense. It's not even the present. He doesn't bring the future into the present. He makes it a, a done. It's gone. If you're in Christ, you have been raised with him. That's why we pray from above. We've been raised above the angels. We're not under them. That's why we're above the demons and not under them. That's why we can go out in Jesus' name rather than in my name. No, in Jesus' name. No, down. It's been fun watching our dog this week. We're on a farm and Cassie's not a very big dog. So two German shepherds and two lurchers on the farm. Cassie doing a lot of barking inside where she's completely safe. Yeah, and when she sees the dog, it's like suddenly she's behind my, my knees or behind Wendy because she's scared. And then we take her out and as soon as she's outside, and she sees a dog about her own size or smaller. <laughs> Reassert my. We're, in terms of the spiritual realm, we're the big dogs. We don't have to be scared of anything or actually of anyone. That doesn't mean there's arrogance, doesn't mean that the. We throw our weight around, but in humility and peace and love and kindness and gentleness, we operate in our authority and our position raised with Christ. Do I do everything in Jesus's authority? Well, yes and no. It is yes, because it's his authority, but he's given it to us. So therefore it is also our authority. It, it's only ours because he's given it to us, but it is still ours. It is still our authority, and we shouldn't be shy of that. The moment we were born again, everything changed. In the, in the courts of heaven, in the legal sense of spiritual things, everything changed. So all these things coming in the rest of the passage are ours. You will be, not try and hear the will be, instead of it being future, try and hear it as, you, as an emphatic. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. Basically trying to say wherever you are, you will be blessed. The fruit of your womb will be blessed. Your families will be blessed. The crops of your land, the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds, the lambs of your flocks, your basket, your kneading trough will be blessed. Your work will be blessed. You will be blessed. But here comes the if. Because the blessing is ours. And the if is redundant because Jesus has made it so. But the if is much clearer in the message. If you listen obediently to the voice of God and obey all his commandments, I command you today, he will place you on high. So if we listen to the voice of the Lord and are obedient to what he tells us, then we will walk into the reality of what he has already done for us. So the if is redundant because Christ has done it for us, but the if is so important because we still need to listen and obey so that we walk in. Will he bless me in a job that I've taken because I want it, because I want the huge salary? Or will he bless me in a job that I've taken because he's told me to take it? He'll bless me in the one that I'm obedient to him in. If I've done it for my reasons and my thinking and my way, it's not right. That doesn't mean he won't look after you because you're his son or his daughter, but it, you won't walk into the fullness of the blessing that might be yours. That's why when somebody says to me, should I take this job or that job? What is the Lord saying? But this one pays three times more than that one. Irrelevant. Sorry. 
but the mortgage, but the mortgage, irrelevant. Mm. Inwardly, I feel myself tighten as I say that, but it is irrelevant. Should I move to this part of the country? Should I do that? I don't know. What is the Lord saying? But I must move nearer my mum, my parents. I must move nearer my children. Must you? What is the Lord saying? Now, if you're saying those things, yes, then you must. Yeah? So there's the if. It's not an if to get it it's an if to get it oh my my head hurts are you you with me there's a few people nodding and a couple of people have gone cross-eyed so that's fine either that they've gone to sleep so I love it in the in the message God's blessing inside the city in the country on your children on the crops on the young of the livestock the calves of your herds the lambs of your livestock God's blessing on your basket and bread bowl God's blessing in your coming in and in your going out whatever you're about if you've listened to the Lord and are being obedient to him you will be blessed you are blessed already because you're raised with Christ, but you will experience the fullness of the blessing as you are obedient to his voice. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They come at you for one direction, but flee from you in seven. Is that enough? Remember the seven is a perfect number in Hebrew thinking. They come at you in one way and they flee from you perfectly. Is what that's saying? The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to if you've been listening to him and been obedient. The Lord will bless you in the land he is giving you. Oh, no if about the giving you, the land. <clears throat> the Lord will establish you as his holy people. Well, that, that's what he's done in Christ. That's the point. He has made us his holy people, his royal priesthood. His royal priesthood. We're to be royalty and those who minister in the presence of the Lord. We're to have authority and intimacy. If you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways... Then all the peoples on earth are called, that are called by the name of the Lord, sorry, then all the peoples on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. Better in the message. All the peoples on earth will see you living under the name of God and hold you in respectful awe. That's what that word fear means. There's a respect and an awe. Verse 11, the Lord will grant you abundant prosperity. Abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock, the crops of your ground, of your ground in the land he swore to your forefathers to give you. Now please, abundant prosperity doesn't mean we're going to be healthy and wealthy permanently. But it means in the midst of perhaps difficulty with health, we will have abundant peace. We will find the place of joy. And if we're not, you know, if there's a demonic cause to the illness or there's a reason for it that could be, then we can know the healing and walk into it. Or well, the time of testing, that's, which is never sickness. Do remember that, please, 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 please. We've got a number of people who are not well at the moment. They're not being tested. You know, it's just under the, the way of the world. The fallenness of this planet is that these things happen. But God will provide in the midst of that. Why doesn't he heal every time? Do you know what? I don't know. I don't know. But he heals more than I thought he did. So I'm going to go for that. That's all right. 
you've heard me say before, John Wimber said nobody got healed when he prayed for nobody. It's 100% successful praying for nobody. And even if it's only one in 50, that's an improvement on nobody. And it's much more than one in 50, I tell you. So let's, and the, odd, the more we pray for people to be healed, the more people are healed. Because we pray for more people. I appreciate some of us are struggling with ill health at the moment. I, I do appreciate that. But the Lord still has abundance for you. Abundance of peace. Abundance of his presence. Abundance of love in the midst of all of it. And it's the same. He will always provide for you financially with resources. He'll always provide what you need. You may just have to <coughs> change what you think you need. That's the issue. Because he will provide. He will provide. So it's not abundant prosperity isn't about being healthy and wealthy. It's about the abundant prospering under God. God will lavish you with good things. God will lavish you with good things. And here's the bit that I'm going to come to a conclusion on. Johnny, we've got about three or four minutes. That's all right. The Lord will open the heavens. Well, here in Deuteronomy, it's future. But in Christ, the heavens are open. The way to him is open. That's a, hang on, that's a line from a song, isn't it? And boldly we approach, or fatally banging around in the back of my head. The heavens are open. The voice came from heaven. The, the temple curtain was torn in two. The gap between humanity and the presence of God has gone and Christ has made it so. So you don't need a mediator other than Christ. You don't need a mediator right now because Christ has already done the mediation. You don't need to come through a priest. You don't need to come through anybody. You don't need to go through the worship pastor. You don't need to go. You can come into the Lord's presence directly. So it's not that the heavens will open, but the heavens are open. And so likewise, the next bit... The storehouse of his bounty. He will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty. God will throw open the doors of his sky vaults. I'm quite sure about that. But anyway, I know what Peterson's trying to say. And will pour rain on your land, on schedule, and bless the work you take in hand. He will send rain on your land in season. Bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head, not the tail, if you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them. You will always be at the top, never at the bottom. Do not turn aside from any of the commands I give you today. Don't turn to the right or the left following other gods and serving them. As you obediently listen to God and diligently obey him. I think that's what it says in the... Um, yeah. As you obediently listen, obediently listen and diligently keep the commands of God, it says in the message. As you obediently listen and diligently keep the commands of God. He's flung open the heavens. He's flung open the doors of the storehouse. Now, what we're going to do is... Um, I want to take us into those storehouses. Where is the storehouse of heaven? I want to take us in so that the Lord will show us what we already carry. Okay. Now, 
I don't, when I say the word storehouse, I'm, I have no idea what you think of. You could think of so many, many different things. You could think of like a large larder, I suppose. You could think of like a warehouse where things are on shelves and you, you have to find where it is and go and get it. Or maybe you think of like a market with lots of market stalls with all the things just laid out ready to be not bought in this instance because they've already been paid for or may, maybe that's a, a a uk market maybe it's a middle eastern market maybe it's do you know what i've given you enough thoughts there as to what it is and what i'm going to do is johnny plays as we just allow the presence of the lord to, to, to descend again I'm going to pray and ask the Lord just to take us into that storehouse. Okay. Difficult to do because I, I can't ask you what you're seeing. Just ask you to go in. Because the Lord has said to me very clearly, there's a couple of things that you need to know. When you go into those storehouses, you're not robbing you're not thieving from them. You don't have to sneak in and nick whatever you need. Because it's yours anyway. You can't steal your own property. You can take it back from the enemy, but you can't steal it. It's yours anyway. So you need to know you're not thieving. You need not to do the British thing of embarrassment. We're useless at receiving presents, aren't we, most of us? Oh, you shouldn't have. All right, then I won't bother from now on. If you enjoy giving presents to someone, to have them go, oh, you shouldn't have, actually isn't very nice. To have them go, oh, thank you, that's amazing, is really encouraging. And I know we struggle with it because when we give things away here, it might be sweets, it might be something completely ridiculous. But the number of people who say, oh, no, 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 thank you. No, thank you, not for me, for someone else. But why not for you? Even if you put the chocolate in your pocket and give it to your grandson when you see him later, you know. Why not for you? And, and you know when it, it's someone who's struggling to receive. They don't think they're worth it. And that's the second thing that you need to hear. And you'll get there eventually. Lord, the Lord wants you to know that whatever he shows you in this storehouse, you it. His blood and him dying for you wasn't to get the things that are in the storehouse. It was to open the door. The stuff that was in the storehouse was already there for you. He had to die so you could actually get through the door get into the market or get into wherever it is you're going okay so decide what your storehouse looks like Lord would you we bind up our flesh and bind up everything the enemy would throw at us right now Lord by your Holy Spirit come just release that image just get an image in your mind and then try and stick with it <laughs> of a storehouse as I say the word storehouse the storehouse See what you see. And please, please, please don't stand outside. Go in. 
that storehouse is yours. If anybody is struggling to get through the door, it feels like it's locked. The lock actually is your fingerprint. And your fingerprint will unlock it because it's you. It's uniquely yours. And if you need to do this with me right now, do it. Lord, I shake off my insignificance. I am worthy to receive. shake off the lie that I'm stealing and it shouldn't be mine shake it off in Jesus name need to go open the cupboards open the tubs the boxes the shelves I don't know open the doors to the side rooms just go you know what well the Lord knows what you need and just go touch your head if you need a new way of feeling just let him just let him hold you in his arms see people sitting in chairs under trees I can see people on the beach I can see people <laughs> the image keeps coming back I see people in a ball pool just having fun I can see new body parts if that's what you need reach out and get one see a, a room full of ears anybody struggling with their hearing not necessarily deaf just struggling just reach out take, can't take it for anyone else guys it's just for you so I just heard in my spirit oh so and so needs one of those no this is for you It's a room full of ice cream.
it's not. It's abundance as well. These storehouses are abundant. So don't just take a handful. You're supposed to take an armful. Arms full, sackfuls. More. Doesn't matter how much you take, it'll always be there. show me inside two for me it's two rooms my storehouse is just just room after room after room and I said when the Lord showed me these two things I said are they for me Lord they don't make sense he said no I'm showing you those this is a storehouse of images for you to release to others so here we go. I can see the most perfect. Well, it's a pink rose, but it's got fairly dark pink, nearly red. Is, it, is the word variegated petals? Is that right? It's just so it's not just pure pink, is it? And the Lord is saying He's not forgotten. I think for somebody that represents either a person or a time or a place or an event. The Lord's saying he's not forgotten that. And it looks like it's freeze-dried, so if you touch it, it might just crumble. But actually it's not. It's as healthy as it was that many years ago. It's just as live as it was that many years ago. You can smell the perfume as you did that many years ago. I don't know if there's somebody here or somebody online just receive that, just that encouragement that the Lord has still got that person, that place, that situation. It's still live, it's still important. 
the second image of it looks like a diary. Not a big, thick one, but you know, it's a diary somebody's written in, but it's more like a little notebook than one of those big. And again, it's something that somebody feels has been lost. And the Lord is saying, that thing that you thought was lost is not lost, you're just looking in the wrong place. seen what you need to see if you've got you've taken a whole the key thing now is you've got to take it out with you <laughs> it's no good leaving it in the storehouse it's got to come out with you into family work health finances life and <sighs> all you need to say is in, in the moment of life in, the, in your in your prayers in the morning and your prayer rushing between things in the day whatever whenever it's lord that thing from the storehouse i still have it speak it out i've still got that i'm holding on to it lord if it's financial breakthrough or finances for something okay lord you've given me those coins you've given me that treasure from the storehouse i've got it i'm holding on to that if it's health and a new body part i'm holding on to it if he's shown it to you, then have the faith to say, yes, Lord. If you're struggling and you're thinking, well, I've not been shown anything, then look around what actually is he showing you. If, if he's not giving you what you think you should have, look around what else is there. example of what I mean about taking it into the real world. One of the things that I've really, really struggled with in the last 12 months is just not being able to hug anybody because that's who I am. That's one of my love languages is touch. I don't just mean spouse, I mean any 
people, do you love me really? Oh, when I walked into the, one of the rooms in the storeroom, it was just like a dozen pairs of arms just came round me. So tomorrow morning, before I go on Zoom for another meeting, I need to say, okay, Lord, those arms are still there. I'm still being hugged. Well, I need to say that in the middle of the Zoom meeting, at the end of the Zoom meeting. I'll need to say, say when you lot leave tonight and I can't hug anybody. It's okay. But the Lord's shown me. Now, intellectually, theologically, I, yeah, he's going to hold me. To have a room full of people hugging me. Something, something extra. Lord, we say we're going to take this in. We're going to take this into the next... Take it into tonight, into tomorrow. And Lord, what you have revealed to us, if you've shown it to us, we say, yes, Lord. We're going to see it happen. We take the word of revelation and by faith, we call it into being. I don't know about you lot, but I'm going to come back to the storehouse tomorrow. Oh, and Tuesday and Wednesday. Jesus, thank you that because of you they're open to us. We hold on to that abundance, Lord.